So what is fear? Uh, to some people, fear might be climbing El Capitan without any ropes or safety gear. To some people, fear might be standing up and giving a talk in front of people uh, or um, being in the wrong chord while they're in worship. And uh, what is fear, though? There's, we're, you know, we're afraid of climbing El Cap, but we're also afraid of uh, a spider when we see one. What is fear? Well, Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And Proverbs 9.10 says something similar. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord. What is that? What is the fear of the Lord? What does it mean? Because when I read it, I find myself confused. Like, what does that mean? Because when I'm scared, when I have fear, where do I turn but to the Lord? Why, why, would I, why would I be afraid of something that I'm turning to to rid me of my fear? I turn to him. He takes my fears away. He doesn't add to them. The Bible says I don't need to be afraid when God is with me. Yet it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. How does this make sense? Well, before we go any further, um, I want to pray. I think before uh, we try to... Um, look at scripture, I think we should always pray that the Lord reveals that to us. So let's pray. Dear God, thanks for letting us be here another day. Thanks for the sun shining and give us some warmth here mid-May. And just, I pray that, that we understand your word, that you would reveal yourself to us, and that we would understand what the fear of the Lord is, and what that means, and how we can obtain it, how we can accomplish fearing you in the way that you desire us to. Thank you. Amen. So what is fear? The main verse we're looking at today is Proverbs 1-7, but we're going to be kind of all around in Proverbs as well as some other areas. Uh, but what is fear? The definition of fear is be afraid of someone or something as likely to be dangerous, painful, or threatening. Uh, and to me, that sounds like the, per the perfect description of climbing El Capitan without any ropes. That, that seems like fear. That seems like something I should be afraid of. Uh, it's painful. It's dangerous. It's threatening. Like those are, those are words that I would use to describe something that I'd be afraid of, something that I fear. Um, El Cap, for example, uh, usually, I, I didn't know this, usually takes four to six days to climb. And Alex Arnold, the guy in the video, did it in one day without any ropes. 30 people have died trying to climb El Capitan. That seems dangerous, right? That seems like something to be afraid of. That seems like something Alex should have been afraid of. But I don't think that's the definition of fear that we're going to be looking at today. And I don't think that's the definition of fear that Alex Arnold had when he was climbing El Capitan. Alex didn't climb El Capitan because he was afraid of it. It wasn't like he felt threatened by it. And the only way to get around it 
was to climb it. No. Alex chose to climb it because he was in love with it. Alex loved it. He described it as the best wall in the world. He didn't have to make the climb. He wanted to. He had such a love for El Capitan. He had such a reverence and respect. He was obsessed with it. He knew every single foothold, every single handhold, every move that his body was going to make with the mountain, he knew it. There was actually a scene in the documentary where he was writing out every step that he was going to take. He was obsessed with El Capitan. Every part of him, every part of Alex, was about every part of that mountain. He had desired to have this intimate relationship, in a sense, with El Capitan that nobody else has ever had, and possibly nobody else will ever have. But he also understood the deep danger, the very real danger, if he did not respect the rock. And I honestly don't think this is so far off from how we're to fear the Lord. In the footnotes of my Bible, it defines the fear of the Lord as this, to honor and respect God, to live in all of his power, and to obey his word. So to simplify that, to fear the Lord we need to honor the Lord and obey his word. We need to honor and obey. And how do we do that? How do we honor him and obey him? We need to hold him in a high respect. We need to hold him in reverence, a sense of awe and wonder. And we need to follow his teaching. I'd like to go through five specific examples of how we can honor and obey the Lord here today. Um, number one is... We can, we can honor and obey him by worshiping. We can show that we have this respect, we have this reverence, we have this awe for God by worshiping him. Being in this humble state where we admit, we recognize you're worthy of praise, I'm not. We praise you because we honor you. The second way we can honor God is with our bodies. Um, 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. I think there's a common like, mentality right now that it's like, it's my body, my choice, right? Wrong. Because not, that's not true when you belong to God. You can't just do whatever you want. You were bought with a price. It might seem weird, but your body's not your own. You can't just go around giving yourself away. You need to honor God with your body. Use your body in a way that honors him, not a way that dishonors him. Number three, we can honor God with our money. Proverbs 3.9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all of your produce. When God blesses us with something, there's this expectation that we honor him with those gifts. Everything belongs to God. It's not like we deserve anything. Anything that we get, anything good that we get, is just God's anyway. And there's an expectation that we honor him with that. Um, my very favorite example of this is some friends of mine, you might know them. Their name's uh, Leah and TJ. They were given a car. Uh, they, 
as far as I know, they didn't ask for a car, they weren't looking for a car, but um, somebody had a car that they were giving away and um, they decided they wanted to give it to Leah and TJ for free. And Leah and TJ used this gift, this blessing, to, to bless so many other people, uh, myself included. I remember I was at a really low point my car had broken down. I didn't have a vehicle. I had a motorcycle, uh, not a great primary source of transportation. Um, and I was down, and I, I came to this fire, and we were having guys' night, right? And I came to this fire, and they're like, how's it going, Matt? And I was like, bad. And I, I just spilled everything out. And I'm telling you, five minutes later, TJ had checked with his wife. It was like, Matt, you can have the car as long as you want. As long as you need it, until you get a car, this car that was given to us, I'm blessing you with it. And, and I had it for weeks. I had it for a really long time, and it blessed me tremendously. But they were blessed with something, and they wanted to honor God with that and blessed other people. Number four, we can honor God with our talents and abilities. We all have different skills. It doesn't matter what those skills are. You need to use them. It doesn't matter if you're good at skateboarding, snowboarding, talking, jumping jacks. It doesn't matter what you're good at. You need to use that skill. You need to use that ability to honor God. And um, <laughs> I remember, I didn't see this assembly, but uh, someone was telling me a story about this guy who could take a bottle, a plastic bottle, and blow it up until it exploded with his mouth, put his mouth on it, and generate so much air that this plastic bottle expanded and bursted. Like, that's a talent, right? That's a skill. Like, how are you going to use that to honor God? Like, that's definitely something. Probably doesn't have any practical things outside of the fact that you can honor God with any of your talents, any of your skills and abilities. And that's what this guy did. He went around with a group of people that could do things like blowing up water bottles with their mouths, and, and he went and shared the gospel. He did assemblies for schools and used it as an instrument to share the gospel. If somebody can blow up a water bottle and use that to honor God, I guarantee whatever your skill is that you can use it to honor God as well. Lastly, the, there's, there's a lot of ways to honor God. The last one I want to talk about, and my favorite one, is that we can honor God with everything. One of my favorite Bible verses, 1 Corinthians 10.31, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. What's that say? Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Honor God with that. Whatever it is that you do, whether you eat, if you're eating, honor God with how you're eating. Are you drinking? Honor God with how you're drinking. Watching TV, honor God. Every single thing that you do, you can honor God with. Things as simple as eating and drinking. When you honor God, obey God, have an awe of his wonder and power, when you have a respect for God, you're successfully fearing the Lord. 
And when you fear the Lord, what does our main verse say? You're at the beginning of knowledge, or the beginning of wisdom. And I think this is important. Don't expect to climb the mountain of wisdom, to climb the mountain of understanding, knowledge, if you're not going to have a great respect for the rock, a great respect for that mountain, if you're not going to take time to learn every hold, every foot spot, every single part about the mountain, don't expect to be able to climb it. If you're not going to obey the direction that's already put forth, don't expect to get to wisdom. Just like you can't make your own path on El Capitan, if, if Alex would have tried to go any other way than the way already mapped out, he would have died. He would have failed. He would have either quit and somebody would have had to come rescue him, or he would have fallen off and died. And just the same, you can't create your own path to wisdom. If you try to take any other path than the one already put out by the Lord, you're never going to make it. You're going to fall off even before you start. So now we know, have an understanding of what the fear of the Lord is. I want to talk about a cyclical relationship with wisdom. That's a lot of words there. Um, so is anyone familiar with mutualism? Does anyone know what that word is? I didn't know it until I looked it up. Okay, that's fine. Um, so to understand wisdom and the fear of the Lord, you have to understand their their mutual um, beneficial relationship for each other, their, their cyclical relationship. It's called mutualism. And um, it's when there's an interaction between two things that each have a net benefit. That's mutualism. I'm going to say that again. When there's an interaction between two things and each have a net benefit is mutualism. In other words, the relationship is mutually beneficial. And the prime example, the best example I could find uh, of this is right here. My boy Nemo, the clownfish. Okay, Nemo has a mutualistic relationship with a sea anemone, right? Um, and so the clownfish, if you don't know how it works, the clownfish has this like mucus, yeah, disgusting, right? It's got like this mucus on it that that protects the anemone, which I've been saying wrong my whole entire life. And it, it helps the anemone. Whenever, whenever the clownfish goes in and rubs its uh, body, you know, its little one flipper against it, it's helping and protecting the anemone. And what happens in return, the anemone protects the clownfish. Because any other fish that tries to swim into the anemone, what happens? It gets shocked. No other fish can swim into the anemone. I'm saying anemone way too many times, just for the record. But I really want to drive this point home. That's the type of relationship that we see with wisdom and the fear of the Lord. We're going to look at Proverbs 2, starting at verse 1. If you want to turn there, it's just... One chapter over from one. That's how numbers work. And it says this. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight 
and cry aloud for understanding. And if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Now, this is written very poetically, but what's it saying? It's saying if you seek out and listen for wisdom and you ask for understanding, if you're actively trying to obtain these things and get these things, what does it say will happen? In verse 5, you will understand the fear of the Lord. So listen to this because this is really important. We just learned that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom. To gain wisdom, we must have a proper fear of the Lord. Now this passage is saying the more we seek wisdom, the more we will understand the fear of the Lord. We see this mutualism, this mutualism between these. As wisdom increases, so will your understanding of the fear of the Lord. As your fear of the Lord increases, so will your understanding of wisdom. They have to go hand in hand. You can't have wisdom without the fear of the Lord, and you can't have the fear of the Lord without wisdom. They go together like Nemo's and Anemones. Now, the last part, last thing I want to discuss today is I do want to warn you that the book of Proverbs is very clear that not everyone receives wisdom. And I want to ensure that you know that because if you know who doesn't receive wisdom, I think that you're less likely to become that person. Throughout Proverbs, it describes what they call the fool. And next week, we'll be doing a deeper dive into that, into the qualities of the fool. But for this week, um, I just want to circle back to the main verse. Proverbs, Proverbs 1.7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So we focused on the first part of that verse, but what's the second part saying? Fools despise wisdom and discipline. The fool hates wisdom, at least wisdom that comes from anywhere other than themselves. They're wise in their own eyes. The fool despises discipline. They don't believe anyone can teach them anything. And we need to learn. We can't be like the fool. We need to learn we need to be teachable. We need to be able to have people come up to us and help us with something and not say, no, I don't need that. I understand. I know what I'm doing. That's the way of the fool. When I was in tech ed class, let me say I'm not a woodworker. I, I'm not a handyman in general. And I was in tech ed class, and I didn't know anything. I was afraid of the machines. I just, I don't know why I signed up. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, so I'm there, I'm in class, and every single thing that I did had to be so meticulous. I had to constantly be going, being like, hey, teacher, can you show me how to do that thing again? I had to pay so close attention to what the teacher was instructing me because I knew without that, I was a lost cause. I was never going to make it. I had to rely on his teaching. And then on the other side of that, there's a guy who considered himself to be really handy. And he probably did a lot of work, probably grew up helping his dad on the engine and that type of stuff. 
And I saw him putting together his, his box. It was a jewelry box. And it wasn't square. It was slanted. It, I, I knew that it didn't look, he wasn't doing it the way that the teacher had instructed us to do it. And I went over and I said, hey, I don't, I don't think you're doing that right. And I, and I wanted to educate him. And his response to me was, no, I got this. I'm really good at this type of stuff. He refused my instruction. He also refused the teacher's instruction because he knew better. He was wise in his own eyes. And you know what happened? A few minutes after I tried to help him, the teacher came over, grabbed his framework of a jewelry box, and slammed it down on the table, broke it to pieces, because it was so bad that he had to start it. The only way he was going to be able to correct it was to start over and do it the way the teacher told him. We're not going to build a jewelry box on our own wisdom. We're not going to climb El Capitan on our own wisdom. We have to follow the plan that's given to us, the wisdom that's given to us. We have to fear the Lord. We have to obey, honor, have an awe of God. We need to seek out wisdom and understanding. We need to listen for it. Whenever somebody comes up next to us and tries to give us wisdom, we can't reject it. I'm really good at this. I don't need your help. I don't need anyone's help. I can do this because your box is going to get slammed on the table. We need to seek to fear the Lord. And as we seek to fear the Lord, we will gain wisdom. And as we gain and seek for wisdom, we will gain the fear of the Lord. In just a second, we'll close and pray, and then you guys can break up into small groups of three or four. Um, I have a discussion question, a challenge, and then, as always, you guys can pray for each other. Do you ever feel like you can climb the mountain on your own? Do you ever feel like you walk up to El Capitan and you look up, and you're like, yeah, I got this. I never climbed this before. I didn't read the instructions, but I'm pretty sure I can do this. Do you ever rely on your own wisdom rather than the wisdom of the Lord? And the challenge is to keep reading the chapter of Proverbs every day. And the second challenge is to fear the Lord. Have an awe. Have a respect. Honor and obey him. Bring yourself into a point of humility, recognizing it's not about me. I can't do any of this on my own. Every single step has to come from the Lord. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for your word and just letting us learn about you and grow to understand you better and have more knowledge, have more understanding, have better understanding of the fear of the Lord. And I pray that we do that. I pray that we fear you in the way you want us to fear you. Let us obey you, obey your commands, honor you, humble ourselves. And I pray as we do that, you give us more knowledge, more understanding. And as we seek for those things, I pray you give us a better understanding of how to fear you and what your plan is for us and walk in your way. 
not the one that we make for ourselves. Thank you for allowing all of us to have access to wisdom as we fear you and seek it. Amen. Thanks, guys. You can split up.